me once In the throes of love There was such a thing as fate and reason In the world I said, well, yes, of course there was Build my temple high Hurt me and die Welcome to Post Pock Talk. My name is Oz. And I'm Ed. And if you found a way to tune into our broadcast entirely on your own, please come find us. We're cold and scared. We have spent this entire fucking day looking for the goddamned Emperor of New Jersey. I thought that shrub had pretty good directions. I don't take directions from shrubbery! Turns out, we'd heard of this weird cult up in the Northeast. Good couple hundred people who seem to have been wrapped in some kind of vegetation idolatry. Now, Ed and I have dealt with vegetarians before. Dangerous, hungry beasts, eating nuts and pine needles. Makes a man go mad. No one should live on just plants. Plants are weird now. I saw a rutabaga tree once rip a man's nerves out through his legs. Makes no sense whatsoever. So we decided to pack heavy for this. Besides the danger of cults, we wanted to be prepared for any kind of poisonous spores, leathery tendrils of ivy, and pointy pine cones. Unfortunately, these supplies were lost in a freak accident. Mm-hmm. I may have lost them. Mm-hmm. I may have lost them in poker. But I had pocket aces! Mm-hmm. Okay, I was cheating. So after a couple of hours of running, we finally reached the compound for the Emperor of New Jersey. Nestled in the rank, murky depths of the New Jersey Turnpike. As anyone who's driven through Jersey can tell you, it has always been post-apocalyptic here. People just didn't know what that looked like yet. We explained our press status to the guards outside the gates, covered in pine sap and holding very spiky-looking pine cones, and they decided we weren't much of a threat. So we met up with the pilgrim guide, and he took us deep into the forest. Along the way, we spoke to our pilgrim guide about his devotion and fealty to his emperor. I live to serve my great emperor of New Jersey. Before he rose to power, we were but a misguided and lost people. Hungry for a leader, prior to the Emperor, we used to hold elections, but with the election of the President of New York, we feared the worst, voting for the lesser of two evils and all. What were the candidates the year you discovered your lord? I... I don't know. Some orange thing in a female lizard person. As we talked to our pilgrim, we asked him when he first came across his lord. Then his eyes glazed towards the horizon. From the forest barrens that mark the edge of the iron bound, we heard a call. When they journeyed to the source of the call, they were met by his emissaries. Describe the emissaries who came, Donovan. They were small, squat, covered in fur, a beautiful sight to behold. The women were very impressed. They took them deep into the forest. And they made us crawl on hand and knee. And when we arrived at the clearing, we knew we were in the presence of true power. We were all very impressed then. Suddenly, we had passed into a large clearing. Donovan raised his arms, gesturing to the clearing around us. When we arrived, we were not very impressed. I asked how long it would take to get there. We are already here. In front of him, he bows onto his knees and kisses the base of a well-weathered terracotta pot? The Emperor of New Jersey stood before us, completely still, completely silent. 
his throne, his seat of power, carved of ceramic terracotta and Elmer's glue. Surrounding were tens of worshippers come from a mile away to bask in the majesty of their lord, dressed in the traditional garb of their people, sleeveless t-shirts and highlighted hair. The Emperor of New Jersey, his eminence to the turnpike, uniter of the boardwalk, defender of the gridlock, and master of all he sees, is a potted plant. A pine tree, to be exact, standing about six feet tall, pot included. His reminiscence has changed my life. Donovan speaks of his god-king in hushed tones around the clearing. As he gets back down and kisses the pot again, more subjects gather in the clearing, crawling towards the tree. The scene is picturesque and humbling. Men twice the size of Donovan help other pilgrims to pass through the nettles and vines. Women carry children toward the branches and let it caress their child's face. Everybody looks to be on the brink of starvation, chewing bits of pine sap that fall from the trees around them. Donovan stands and convenes the hour of prayer. Let us go as he does. From wind to rain to snow, let us grow our mighty branches high into the sky. And may our hides become rough with the love that is given to us. The pine, other than being surrounded by devoted subjects and worshippers, would be utterly unremarkable to the untrained eye. However, for those capable of spotting the aura of power and terracotta pot, you can truly divine the majesty of uh, his majesty. Your lovely hosts have been to many empires and kingdoms, from the wastes of the Imperio Mexicana ruled by the Beast Head, to the frozen tundra of the Santa Lands and the blasted wastes of the Midwest. And in each of them, people establish some form of order. What we're saying is that we're not too quick to judge. The last time someone told us something that sounded stupid, we almost had our faces ripped off by a minotaur for mocking it. I thought Beasthead was just a name. Nope, he was a fucking minotaur. More you know, right? Anyway, in the compound of the Emperor, the rulings of his eminence are convened and dictated through the CPA. While some rulers shy away from such bureaucratic duties in favor of devouring their enemies and trapping poor, innocent radio journalists in labyrinths, his eminence the Emperor, is uncharacteristically interested in the day-to-day -day form and function of a legitimate form of government. The CPA, standing for Carniferous Person Adjunct, is tasked with directing the day-to-day -day lives of the community. In this aspect, Donovan, our guide, shines. I take great pride in the duties that have been bestowed upon me. What are some of the tasks and responsibilities that you carry out for his eminence? During the winter, I gather nuts. I also collect taxes, levy building permits for small shelters, determine building codes, the establishment for our districting, ordain marriages, and handle all tariffs on imported goods. Tariffs? Sounds like you've got a very active economy? Are there any goods in particular that, um, uh... How does that work? When we were brought into the glory of this tiny fold. It was cold, and it was raining. When we were dehydrated, and when we were struggling to survive in this unforgiving wasteland, and when we did arrive, his branches did pull with the wind, and they did point north. When we were dismissed and followed his directions, we discovered a most beautiful and gifted sight. 
And all of a sudden, this started to make a lot more sense. Either by the grace of their emperor or by pure dumb luck, Donovan and his caravan found one of the last remaining prepoc water treatment facilities nestled in the bowels of the Pine Barrens of New Jersey. Wait, there's a working water treatment? Do not call it a plant. That's amazing. Yes, the majority of the water goes to feed the emperor and his extended family, but we are permitted a pail a day. We use this pail to trade with the neighboring kingdoms for goods. The citizens of the Pine Barrens look to have survived many conflicts in their time here. How do you get along with the neighboring kingdoms? Have you had any troubles in the past? A few scraps and bruises. But nothing to shake a stick at? We were recently attacked by several bandit groups, but his eminence displayed great forethought. And our people came out unscathed through the teachings to our order of monks. Anyway, that's how the rumor started. We found one of these monks alongside the outer rim of the forest. His name is Jack. He is a young man covered in bark held onto his skin by a tree sap. He holds several pine cones and has a large amount of resin along his arms and covering his head. The sap has hardened the pine needles to almost a threatening look, and from a distance he appears to be a small pine tree, or a porcupine. We're supposed to stand here, emulating his eminence until we have become one with the soil. But the real reason, it's guard duty. Seems like bandits don't like getting hit in the face by moving trees. Unnerves them. If I get paid to sit around and hit bandits over the head, it's alright. Jack is a young monk born to the community that has sprung up around the Emperor. Yeah, it's better than being here than in the waste. People come and drip sap in your mouth. Bring by some lunch meat, a little bit of that pale water. That's a pretty sweet gig, I guess. What do you do besides stand here? You give us pine cones. Last one I got had 56 seeds in it. I know. Counted 451 times. Do you feel closer to your emperor? I don't know, man. Sometimes it's cold. Does your family support you in your pilgrimage? Was this or pollination? Trust me, this is better. We asked Jack if there was anyone who was working within the community on an alternative means of worship. He told us to talk to Tom. So we told Donovan we'd be right back. Had to take a leak on something that wasn't a saint. And we headed off in the direction Jack had pointed us in, towards Tom. A mile south of the circle is a small hut with an enormous carved wooden statue depicting a tree that closely resembles the Emperor of New Jersey. Outside stands Tom. A short man with bright red hair and a beard, but still wearing the sleeveless garb uh, his people are known for. See, the church is trying to tell you what his uh, eminence is saying, but I believe in a more personal relationship. Tom was ostracized from the church for trying to enlighten the people with his personal relationship. And I'm not dumb, you know. I know it's a tree. All I'm saying is that if you're going to worship something, do it right. Tom was discovered with a young sapling in the early hours of the morning in what some might consider a compromising situation? The sapling a person laid to the Emperor refused to comment. Tom's actions were widely regarded as heretical, which led to him being placed under hut arrest. But he is not alone. This here is Sherry. Tom breaks out a smaller potted pine he keeps in his hut. Now she's not exactly royal, but there's a lot of respect in this relationship, you know? Tom's actions led to him being viewed by most of the community as a pariah. However, the ideas he championed seem to have started to take hold with some individuals of the community. There are rumors of 
pollination runs in the night by some of the more radical members of the church. Some sources who wish to remain anonymous claim they saw a well-respected member of the community lying with an oak. It's sick! That voice of outrage you just heard is Deborah, Donovan's wife. She currently organizes weekly study meetings for the New Jersey youth, educating them on the will of the pine. There's no respect in what those men are doing. A grace weeps, great tears of sap, and people question why he does so. Well, I can tell you why. Deborah believes the church has begun to run astray. It's not like it used to be. When I was younger, God help me, and we were first called into his presence, there was a great deal of respect and fear. The fear is gone. I try to instill into each and every child under my care. Deborah credits her strict upbringing to the strong moral branches of the church she was a part of. Surrounding her are several of the youth. They are poorly clothed and shivering, and all of them stare at us with fearful eyes. One can see the isolation of this community in the faces of these children. A small boy asks us, Are you Rockmen? We asked Deborah what he means by that. The Rockmen are evil people with disfigured faces and long taunt arms who come into our forest and throw rocks. And if you don't do your chores and water the pines, they'll scoop you up and take you deep underground where you'll never see the pines again. They mostly come from Brooklyn. I'm more scared of New York than ever. I am not ready for Rockmen. Both Oz and I find Deborah's tales very interesting. We decide to stay the night within the community. Half for our own safety, and half to see these rock men. Shit, man, I'm curious. Donovan is grateful enough to allow us to sleep by his fire, alongside himself, Deborah, and their two children. One of Donovan's children is playing with a handmade yo-yo. Donovan creates them as a hobby and sells them to children for chores. In my spare time, I like to make toys. It promotes hard work and gratitude. It's very kind of you, Donovan. Towards the end of the night, as the fire was starting to die down, we began to nestle into our beds, and the shattered moon and the blood-red stars occasionally screaming above us. We asked Donovan one last question. Hey, Donovan. Where do you get the wood for the fire? Don't ask questions. When we awoke the next morning, a thin layer of fog hung over the ground, around ankle height. We wore our boots, just in case. And Donovan awoke and prepared for our final audience with his eminence. See, we didn't feel like we knew a lot. Yeah, we knew about these people, about their stories, about Jack and his job, Donovan and his community, Deborah and her youth groups, Tom and his thing. But there was definitely something missing from it all. A community anchored to a tree. So before we decided to pack up the car and head out, we requested a private audience with his eminence himself, the Emperor of New Jersey. We gathered our packs and Ziploc baggies and followed Donovan down to the clearing. When we reached the edge, he nodded a silent goodbye, and we stepped forward. Standing in that clearing, in front of the moderately tall pine tree in a terracotta pot, we held out our microphone, and we asked a few questions. Greetings, your holy pinus. We've come to you to ask you some of the approved questions sanctioned by your holy priest Donovan. From where do you divine your grand authority? What are your plans for the economic future of New Jersey now that the elections have begun in New York?
There has been talk of a united council of leaders. Would you ever hold any interest in joining? Given your past dictates and policies on the glass barrens of Louisiana, where do you stand the use of fossil fuels and their potential adverse effects on the environment? I think he stands resolute. His eminence was unmoved by our desire to learn. The sun was reaching the midpoint in the sky and we told Donovan we had to leave. The wind was rustling through the branches of the surrounding trees and the air was soft and fragrant with the smell of something that you don't really get very often on the road. The light was filtering down through the branches of the pine, stripping our scene with this orange glow. White beams of sunlight piercing the morning dew, cascading little rainbows across our field of vision. It was very easy to see why his eminence would have chosen this clearing, and how such a respectable being could garner so much devotion. And so, we took our level of the subjects of New Jersey, and we said our goodbyes to Donovan, Deborah, Tom, Jack. As normal as their society seemed, as peaceful as their life was, these people were happy. I feel like I really got to know New Jersey. On our way out, we drove around the compound, and from the top of the nearby hill, we could just barely see over the trees to the clearing in that center of the forest. His eminence himself, standing there, just a small, dark line out of many. He had brought things to the Ironbound. Order from the chaos. Possibly clean water. Culture and a home for these wandering people. And no matter what you say about his leadership, the grass seemed a bit greener, the air a little cleaner, and the skies just a bit of a brighter shade of blue here among his royal subjects. And I gotta say, as we bowed our final goodbye to the Emperor of New Jersey, these reporters could have sworn its branches rustled toward us ever so slightly. This is Ed. And Oz. And this has been Post Talk.